Hello again, everybody. It's uh, Jason Powers. <clears throat> so I don't know what this broadcast will be particularly about. There's a lot of things on my mind. I think that everybody can feel that way about a number of things. Some uh, do a lot of S-curves in this parking lot because it's really big. It's quiet and it's away from everything. It's well lit, so if the copper doppers come and decide to bother me, uh, well, I can say, well, I'm in the middle of a parking lot with all the lights on. It's hard to see what I'm doing wrong, but go ahead with your bad self. So anyways, you know, uh, so there was an article today published by the New York Times. And it was a little predictive programming, a little bit of a troll, a little bit of a, of an FU, and certainly was meant to... Uh, Garner outrage. It was about cannibalism, and it, you know, I, I didn't read the whole article. I needed a. I looked at the headline, and then I looked at the couple paragraphs just to see, just so I could say, you know, I did look at it. Um, it was tied to some movies and stuff, but it was very indicative of of the of the depravity and the lack. Well lack of an editor, editor for one, and uh, maybe more sinisterly, uh, the amount of evil that exists at that paper, and the amount of things uh, about a lying and uh, fear porning and working the agenda of, of all the evil people in this world, they certainly have reached that height. I will never, and I have never, <laughs> given the New York Times one, one damn penny of my money, because, well, for once they're, for one thing they're renowned liars. They've always had this hard left bent, and for the very few people there that were worth the shit to listen to or write or read or uh, look at their analyses, because I know there's liberals out there that are actually fairly, you know, rational and looked at that paper as some kind of go-to for information and maybe didn't read the opinion section or, or the arts and literature section or, or maybe they only read the arts and literature section, which should give you some pause because <laughs> this is what that was about. This is about, you know, the art and entertainment of this. So, you know, as a response, and I'll, uh, I've already relabeled the New York Times, the Aztecian Times. Uh, the sacrifice dies in dark darkness. I think that's a good uh, moniker instead of uh, democracy dies in darkness, like the Washington Post, which is another garbage outlet. And this isn't about. Actually, this is this podcast isn't going to be about them, obviously. But it's about this uh, kind of this fifth gen warfare that's been running. See, the, they're tenderizing the population of the world with all this garbage, the supply, supply chain warfare, trade warfare, transaction warfare, media warfare, um, biological warfare, uh, political warfare, legal warfare. Warfare, for example, uh, uh, Stephen Bannon uh, being uh, convicted 
And the other guy said, well, it was just a misdemeanor. Yeah, but he wasn't given any, uh, he was told that he couldn't uh, use any defenses or he was given limitations on use of executive privilege and, and just a host of defenses he could have raised. The judge uh, pre, pre preempted his uh, defense uh, defenses. So only thing they could do was uh, salvage those on, on appeal, which, you know, all well and good. But the fact of, uh, that a uh, jury, not of his peers, actually of his enemies, uh, convicted him doesn't really, really matter much to me. Of course, you know, this is where we're at. And that was a, that was a, uh, just another, like I said, an example of, uh, of legal warfare, lawfare. So this is going on more and more and more across the world. And we're going to have uh, food, or I guess you, call it, you could call it resources warfare. Uh, and then you're going to have digital, and you're going to have uh, well, energy warfare, you could consider that. These are, these are all being done to the entire population of the Earth. Various degrees and various levels at various times. They are being done. Just because something isn't uniquely connected, and they'll say, well, you know, you're, you're all you're you're a conspiracy person you collect everything together like, well now over the past few years you you start to see this network of of uh, minions that are doing things that are just uh, so intentional it's so obviously intentional and by that I mean it's you hurt your populations on purpose you want to take their lands you want to tell them elections aren't stolen when <laughs> Or won't investigate. Uh, but the powers of be say, you know, you investigate, we'll break your neck. That was kind of things. And, uh, and of course, let's not investigate the Wuhan uh, virus because, you know, it's inconveniently, it inconveniently points at both United States scientists and Chinese scientists and that they were messing around with this and they were in close uh, contact with each other throughout 2020 to keep their story straight and then you have this guy who was doing a lot of the biological research uh, Peter Daszak who's a Brit conveniently so and he's in New York State conveniently so so no one in New York State's got the balls to go after Eco Health Alliance certainly no AG because of course their whole state is run by uh, by uh, uh, malicious forces so malicious they almost took it took a day and a half or two days after Lee Zeldin another person who uh, received an assault uh, that the, finally the feds decided to step in and you know add a charge this was after the guy was released for you know basically assault and, and potential attempted murder with a knife you know and don't get me wrong you know there'll be uh, there'll be idiots out there who think that I mean not the, my audience, but if, if they ever listened to this podcast, they would say, he didn't try to kill him, he didn't have a gun, or blah, blah, blah. They'll diminish the act of a guy coming up in a menacing manner during a speech. He's sitting on a, he was up on a, on a, he was doing a stump speech out in the middle of a, you know, like in a parking lot, basically. And this guy walks up, and, and based upon his antics, he, either he didn't know what he was doing, I had a had some issues or 
was uh, trying to do it in a way so as to not uh, uh, harm him. So I can take the I could take the intentionality as as this was a stunt, or it was a stunt for who and for what, by what purpose, and then the fact that it finally took the federal prosecutors until basically Saturday after it happened, I think Thursday evening, to file a federal charge because it was a con you, uh, Lee Zeldin is a congressman, and of course there's a felon there is a felony statute on the books for of. Uh, you know, for the protection of congressmen, <laughs> albeit I, albeit that shouldn't be that shouldn't even have to be the case. It should be just a felony because it's a person has no. There should be no bearing upon whether or not he, whether he's a garbage man or he's the president of the United States. We should all be on the same plateau. Far be it for me to, you know, try to dial back the the uh, the uh, conspiracy here and just say, you know. We should, we should have rules, equal protection under the law. But that isn't the point of all this that's been going on. The reason why, that's why I'm so thinking it's such a, uh, you know, conspiracy about so many things. Is that, you know, nobody would go through these, uh, Europe wouldn't go through all the rigmarole of supporting the United States. And the neocons are, are conveniently, you know, running the Ukraine thing. You know, they're the ones that started it, Victoria Newland, the, the the Boltons and the, the people like that of that uh, that ilk that uh, work for Joe Biden uh, in, in doing this and keeping the, you know, and throwing all kinds of money in there and all the neocons that went over there to glad hand and, and uh, talk to, you know, Zelensky, who then starts going, oh, I need more money, I need more of this, more of that, I need... Uh, worse, better, uh, more uh, offensive weapons, so that I could start World War Three. Why didn't they kneecap? They could, uh, you know, nobody, nobody with any sanity wouldn't have just kneecapped this guy about, you know, a week into the war and said, "Dude, dude, just give him the, the give him back the Russian sectors and call it a day," because those were never Ukrainian sectors. And for those out there who said, "Well, heck, if you do that, then you'll just continue to do it," no, you make an agreement. They didn't have the, they don't, the fact that they, they had so much in place was only due to the fact that we've been training them up for eight years, because that's what the United States has been doing. It ran a color revolution, and then it, you know, worked on these Azovs, and uh, we funded Nazis. So that's a, just for the lefties out there, you, you know, you are supporting the people that were housing the Nazis. So the fact that the Russians took out some Nazis, and as Putin says, denazified them, you know, all the better, as far as I'm concerned. Just, just saying, uh, you know. But this is where we're at as a moral country. The people in this country are good. The people in pretty much every country, I, I don't think, I, bar none, are good. It's the leaderships of all these countries that are absolutely evil and reprehensible and need to be dealt with. And I don't mean that in a, in a nice way either. You know there are, there aren't enough Nuremberg trials. There's going to be there's going to have to be several of these tri trials be held on every continent for the people that we have. All the amount of scumbag uh, politicians and technocrats and scientists, which I think goes to my next argument, because the more and more I look at all the science that's been quote unquote generated over the last say since World War II, you start to wonder about how these scientists and how let's just say, uh, human they are, and how, uh, 
how morally principled they are, which is to say that none of them really seem to be. It seems to be there's a there's a kind of a fascinating curve, and I think it's a blending of two or three major problems when you get to a certain level of IQ, and I and I, I it takes a certain level of IQ to be a a very top top tier scientist to work at work on things that just blow people's minds or talk about things and that are so I guess abstract to to even people that are pretty smart and who you know you know run systems and pretty much can can read through most things and figure it out but at the top end there there's a there is a group of people that are talking ways with new language that we just don't understand because it's science the problem is with these people is that there's nobody there's no governor on these people the politicians are evil and corrupt so of course if your manager <laughs> supposedly your your uh, uh, executive authority doesn't give two shits what you do with your science well then you know the gloves are off you can just you know and then then you can take the gloves off so far as to say what 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 level of experimentation am I willing to go to am I willing to experiment on people and kill them seems to be that's part of the deal certainly is with this uh, particular uh, batch of scientists that are running the world so the argument I guess is uh, how many of these scientists do we really need and I mean that in a very I mean I know people like oh my god you would go after these people for being super smart and well if they're super immoral and they don't have any sense of of uh, ethics and compassion towards their fellow man and it's almost demonstrable that they are uh, they certainly aren't uh, uh, following any code of ethics that I know of and there are uh, the funny thing is that there are people that are supposedly these people that are attached to ethics but if you really get to know who they are they're not ethical at all <laughs> so therefore I mean what does it what does that say and that's just not just the United States but that's certainly the one I would be most familiar with a Chinese you know they <laughs> they have zero fucks to give they'll Though they will sacrifice people, they've been slicing over. I mean, it's it's a well documented fact by many of people who have managed to escape there, and the stories have been repeated from different angles at different times about getting your belly sliced open as a woman, and them taking your baby. And you call that well, you may call that a cesarean. Now they're not doing it uh, for the health of the baby or the health of the mom. They're just doing it to do it. Uh, amongst other things, and uh, taking people's organs while they're still alive and giving them to somebody else because they got to have a transplant. So listen, to, very important for the, the top end leaders to live on as long as possible. Whereas, you know, if you're just an ordinary Chinese person working in the fields out in the middle of wherever, and your genetics match the happen so just so happen to match the person that they're giving the transplant to well off you go to the to camp and you're going to come back a kidney or lung or basically a body or corpse short so what am i really getting at i'm saying do i really think that we need all this advanced technology who is it who is it ever going to serve amongst the regular people the answer is very few if any of us 
it's serving the masters and people will say well let's just say let's just for argument's sake say you take the top 100,000 scientists in the world and uh, you imprison them or find enough reasons to, to uh, have them uh, uh, tried for treason and uh, go from there see this isn't it isn't just about the United States of course not because like I said this is a very distributed population of scientists and scientific uh, depravity that has to be dealt with so every nation in the world can share in this this is the one place where communism might have a benefit because certainly there's a distribution of scientists now you know we can do it by Hirsch score or some other uh, measure or modicum and then cross-reference with the their uh, their ability to be humane and uh, use uh, proper experimental techniques and and not just do cursory sign-offs and don't hide things and don't hide money don't hide out their greed and etc etc go through all those things the problem is you know will China get uh, sign on to this of course not and that's the problem of course is that when it comes down to it there are countries out there that live literally live and die to put together put together their war machine based upon top scientists creating abominable situations now we can harken back to World War II with Oppenheimer Leo Szilard uh, I guess is his last name and a host of other high-end uh, scientists <coughs> obviously Einstein's always mentioned but I don't know if I really think that much of Einstein anymore but certainly he was always mentioned in the, amongst that group but uh, you know they created the nuclear bomb or atomic bomb and I had a big um, I don't know if you're catching all this so they had a big uh, discussion or big uh, impact on on things that were ahead it set the world of course on the atom and going subatomic and determining what's what what can we learn and discover and utilize inside the atom in the same way with uh, the human genome and cells so scientists will say well this is important because we can solve so much of the life's problems with these uh, with these technologies I don't know I'm not really I'm not really feeling that anymore uh, and people say, "Well, you just you just think that because you're afraid." And I go, "Well, maybe so. Maybe that's maybe that is the case." Sorry about the wind here, but maybe my uh, lack of uh, being thrilled with what uh, has come about, and certainly rethinking the analysis. You know, there is a certain amount of uh, limitation to man. And men, I know there's, of course, this is, goes against everything the globalists think about. They're like, what limitation? Why should there be any limitation? We should evolve to what we are, most superior form, and you're just being a, a, a fraidy cat, or you're just too stupid to understand. And they may be, they may be very well right on those things. Though I have a sinking feeling that even if I was, quote, mentally well-equipped to understand all their uh, their plans not just the globalists but the or the parasites at the top 
the parasitic globalists that, that are doing all this uh, warfare on us and the scientists who are glad to sell out to them to be a part of the technocratic elite to continue to do this and to utilize whether it be graphene or 6G or 7G or whatever G they want to put after things and and the transhumanistic uh, path and direction they really want to get on and, and how they want to edit and you know use CRISPR. I mean, I don't know when our actual genome project was completed. I know what's been stated is 1998. Let's just assume that they had that 10 years prior. It still only means you've only had the ability to access the human genome with inside of my lifetime, which is to say you're talking one generation or two generations of, uh, of uh, people on this earth, roughly, because I'll be 50 here in August. So 25, let's just say 25 years. I know that's a little high, but whatever, just for sake of argument. So two generations of how many human generations, actual human generations, going backwards, what, 10,000 years of, uh, of legitimate human, you know, reading and, uh, say, writing, uh, was it the, today I looked it up, it was the 32nd century B.C., so that's 5,000 years, so about, ha uh, it was like the earliest, like, recorded, like, cuneiform and handprints and whatever, just, just bear with me, so we're not talking a hell of a whole lot of time, you know, I've been alive about 1% of the time it takes to, to have said that human beings have had the ability to uh, uh, put their put their information down on a on a hard surface of something, and communicate a message directly without the other person. The only thing the other person needed to know was what that message uh, needed to know a language as simplistic as that was. Now, do we have technology? There's people out there that believe we've had space technology for thousands of years, and every uh, major occurrence and evolution or a revolution in human technology or human insight has come through via some kind of magic box of of ideas and magic box of technology. Certainly that would be the way Klaus Schwab looks at it, his, his fourth industrial revolution. Seems kind of aligned really closely with a guy who said he wanted to create a Third Reich, and now you got a guy who wants to create a fourth industrial revolution. Just sequentially, it seems kind of interesting, but... We'll leave that aside for a second. So what I'm getting at is, you know, you, you have this, you know, knowledge of genetics that, you know, they were, they've been playing around with it since basically World War II. And the United States had uh, probably access to the higher technology through the Nazis because they were able to, or through Operation Paperclip, they were amendable to bringing over a bunch of Nazi scientists who of which most of them were probably just as they were they were definitely on with the cause to no end they were they were your they were the henchmen of the Nazi party uh, it's been well well preserved that the doctors and the medical doctors and the scientists were all on board of the the genetics and the um, what do you call it the Malthusian thoughts and the the depopulation and the population control, there thus the Ubermensch and and all the other jazz that came along with it and the, a certain amount of uh, uh, mysticism and and what have you that they bottled all together. 
And it seems kind of interesting that this is being resurrected just around this time, about 80 years later. I mean, Klaus Schwab with the transhumanism and the, the mysticism of that, because there is. And then you have things like the, the Times bringing out cannibalism, basically human sacrifice, because you know there, there's a sacrificial part of this that's going along with it, and a host of other little nuanced, not-so-nuanced ideas of, of uh, scientism and the idea that we shouldn't be too invested. Anybody who questions the, quote, current science, well, then you're either a conspiracy theorist or you're someone that's too incapable of understanding of what's really going on. And, of course, Fauci being in the, And they're all, you notice all the top minions around the world are over 60, we'll say, for the most part. They have their subordinates, you know, like the Trudeaus and whatever. But I'm talking like... The these are these are just, don't get me wrong. Klaus Schwab is just a pinhead. He's a he's a he's a gopher for for the the real globalists, the real assholes behind him, whether it be the Bushes or or uh, the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds. Yes, the Rothschilds are out there still. This isn't about hating on uh, on a particular class of people. By the way, there are many a people that are atheistic who who hide behind religion to get what they want. So let's uh. I'm just going to derail that conversation right away. That just because their names are a certain of a certain descendancy doesn't mean that they are. <laughs> doesn't mean a that they believe in anything related to uh, a, a religion, except for the new religion that they're trying to create for themselves. So they don't believe in the actual God on Earth. They don't believe in any God. I mean, <laughs> it isn't even about them believing in Christ or believing in. Uh, you know, whether you're a Muslim or uh, any of the major faiths, which there are many faiths, and everybody looks at these things a little bit differently. But the globalists want to consolidate that faith. They want to eliminate all faiths. They only want one faith, and that's a faith in a man. The faith of the faith of the faith of technocracy, or techno, uh, you know, this uh, techno fascism that they're introducing. It, co- it incorporates a lot of things, a lot of ground. It's not a it's not a uh, <laughs> it's not a platter that's easily discernible uh, when in the midst of the platter, but if you back up to a high enough level, you'll see distinct features of it, the distinct features of you own nothing. So that's a communism uh, trope. Uh, build back better, which isn't about building back anything. you know, the head fakes of propaganda, the technocracy, the overlay of, uh, they want to, you know, they want to get further tracking. They want one one currency, one world government, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The point is, is this is not a uh, they they got a plan, and they're mad that no, the rest of us don't like their plan. But they have enough of these these people who may not even be much aware of what they're doing, but they're getting paid well enough to push it, so they do it, and they probably don't do enough investigation. This is this is how they get people because. They find people that are very well capable of carrying on a message. Say, well, I, 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 I typically find somebody youthful, who's smart, you know, uh, smart enough. They call them in psychology, uh, Yavis. Young, attractive, verbal, intelligent, uh, was it, and su- successful. So they'll take somebody in the 25 to 30 year old range who's good at messaging who looks good, can put, give them a, a, a stack of lines and they can spew it off. That's why they use media so harshly. That's why they're messaging through... Mes- uh, and uh, 
for older people, they understand all this. But for youth, younger people that are gullible, they just see that these people must be must be speaking truth. Not all. I mean, there are a lot of youth that see through this clearly too. But there's certainly got to be enough. They they have enough people that are willing to buy into this because obviously they've mass formed people through fear enough to where now they even even if they don't like the message, they'll still listen to it as soon as they mention anything about a virus or or whatnot. So, getting back to it, the 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 point is is they these people aren't very discerning about anything. They're not looking into anything. But if they're getting paid well and they're getting overpaid for what they do, because being a propagandist means, you know, you you're sacrificing your entire intellectual and integrity um plateau all at once. So, they they have these people and and, and that's helped them get the get this far with this plan. Now, everybody talks about how this plan is failing. Well, it probably is in some ways, but in other ways it isn't. And by that I mean it may be failing in terms of people have figured out that something's wrong. They may not know what it quite is, or they may say, well, you know, I can't make grand leaps of this is all conspiratorial, but uh, they know something is afoot and there's something wrong. You can feel it in the air. I mean, it's that it's that dense. I mean, when I say you just feel the negativity, you feel the barriers between people. Even like you don't, it's rare that even when I'm driving around on campus here, and I, I, I need to get out of my bubble too, but you don't see people really talking much. They're scared. They've been scared. They've been, um, you know, they've been cowed. And I'm sure the globalists take great glee when they see that people are no longer quite as talkative about certain things. And, uh, that makes them happy. They get gleeful about that. And plus, they know they, the reason why they're so, maybe some of why they're, some reason why they're confident is they still have the military. They still have their puppets. And the puppets can always roll out enough military to stop this, stop any uprising. And that's been just detestable. Um, though, maybe not always. We'll just see how it goes. But, the whole point of uh, this whole situation is they don't want any more of us. They want less of us. And they may have already achieved their goal because there are, uh, there's uh, reports of lower birth rates in various countries, the ones that are willing to admit that. And so that'll, that'll hasten the demise uh, because if you can't, don't have a replenishment population or can't produce uh, children, that's going to have its it's going to have disastrous consequences uh, down the road, not maybe immediately, but down the road. And that disastrous consequence is what these people have been after. They want a more manageable population, and they were willing to do this. And you scientists who are willing to do this because the vaccines didn't just get magically rolled out. It wasn't just a handful of guys in a room. There's a whole host of scientists that had to be around on this. And quality control, which obviously wasn't done. Manufacturing, which includes lots of workers too. You know, <laughs> these were big product lines. 
there's a portfolio and then they have to have somebody sell the sales rep who may be oblivious to it's very compartmentalized if you've ever worked in a major corporation there's a certain amount of compartmentalization so you know the guy on the floor he only knows what the product is based upon what's in front of him at the time but you know most of them are smart enough to uh, know what's going on and maybe uh, I know there was report early reports about manufacturing snafus and with regard to the vaccines and um, that kind of thing consistency storage and then of course the actual elements inside and I'm using the vaccine I'm just calling the vaccine I know it's an MRA gene therapy yeah yeah I understand not it just it's it, it was used as a vaccine let's just put it that way and uh I don't know. There's been a lot of, you know, just it's becoming fairly obvious that there's been hor horrific reactions for younger uh, souls and as well as older people as well. But certainly the, the, the youth or athletes or people who thought they were getting a good vaccine if they were ever... If they ever actually knew, or this ever turns over, they're going to be so, if they lose somebody, they're going to be so angry, and rightfully so, because they were abused, and blackmailed, and uh, coerced into doing all this. And so our technocrats, I mean, that goes back to the argument, why do I want to keep these scientists around? They killed millions of people. I mean... They used, uh, whether it was a designer virus or a, eventually it might be the designer vaccine. That might be the kill shot. You know, there's been several billion, not half the population. And there's been differences in China. They were using uh, a, a weakened virus, but yet they own the patents to the Pfizer Biotech now, or uh, the, the technology. And they're rolling it out in Taiwan and Japan. They're mortal enemies. Maybe to purposefully hijack their populations. Now you talk about the sinisterness of that. Especially because I have dollars to donuts that they know that. So that's war. I mean, that is that is almost definitionally war. It's, it's everything the Chinese have written out 20 some odd years ago that they were willing to do. So... Uh, and I'm not just blaming the Chinese, by the way. Not the people. Just the people on the coast, actually. Just the people that are 92 million uh, communist members. And of those, I'd say 100,000. The top-tier Chinese uh, uh, people at the top that probably are very, very much aware of all this shit. And probably planned and voted for it. Whatever vote there is, you know what I mean. Certainly the complicity that they all were aware of it and agreed to it. That their little national assemblies there's, there's, that they hold. And they're going to hold another one here pretty soon for Xi. Now they're crashing their economy. And they're probably willing to do that. It's a race against time to see whether the Chinese can crash their economy. Whether it crashes before, ours, or before the United States does. And of course it, it helps that. Our, uh, our administration, the Biden administration, is, is uh, committing treason pretty much every day and shutting down our energy and making sure our country is going to be beholden to China. 
he's he's gift wrapping the country for them. He just doesn't care. <laughs> he he's a part. He is. Think about how. Put it this way. While the media may say they're turning on him, think about how much uh, complicity was in Washington D.C. to put him, install him into office. The fifty-one intelligence agency uh, people that wrote that little letter and said Hunter Biden's laptop was disinformation. Think of how much complicity beyond those people, of people who have no morals, no scruples, were more worried about Trump <laughs> and were willing to put their boy in just so he's a placeholder while they watch the rest of the country burn. It tells you, their lo- it tells you where their loyalties lie. They certainly don't lie with us. They certainly don't lie with humanity. <clears throat> They lie with themselves, and they, and then of course they have all their agencies. Which another thing came out recently about that with uh, Jonathan Swan about the, the schedule F. So they, that was actually put across the bow. A shot across the bow was done by Jeffrey Tucker, I think, at the Brownstone Institute. Anyway, he he wrote about the the schedule F and what what Trump has uh, intimated or suddenly dropped that he would do if he became president again, and of course. This assumes we can get to 2024, I, 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 and this is assuming that I would even uh, vote for Trump. I'm not saying, I'm not really particularly saying that because he's never come out and admitted he was uh, wrong about the vaccine or uh, pushed the idea because he pushed it at the beginning. And though he didn't say it was going to be by force, it doesn't really make any difference. He should have been logical enough that the people that he was dealing with, he should have known how much of, a, of a, how much they were parasites. So. You know, there's a lot to be, there's a lot to unpack with him. And that's one of the bigger things. If I was in a position to, to, uh, so I, I, I see him as at best chaotic neutral in terms of a person, um, which is to say, you know, I don't see ultimate good. I don't see him as reprehensibly evil. And of course, when you're dealing with the people he's dealing with, you know, I, I don't want somebody who's going to be, uh, uh, you know, not unwilling to do what's necessary. But that being said, he isn't the answer as far as I'm concerned, but that's just, that's just my analysis of him. And it really, I shouldn't even have to come back to him because this is the, there's bigger lives and bigger situations at stake and while I'm sitting here. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm very cognizant of the fact that he, he will be, he will go down in history as the most, probably, the most, um, maybe the most destructive president in terms of destructing the institutions, not by his own accord, but he will be written that way. Because if we lose, oh, he will get all the blame. I hope he knows that that they will write him into history as he was, uh, they'll call him Satan incarnate, which he wasn't, but they will say that. You know, history is written by the victors. So if you lose these situations, you're always, you know, we all know, you know, you can say the same about um, Adolf Hitler and, and a host of others. If you lose, you will be written by your, by the in, your enemies as the most evil, malicious, uh, destructive person on on planet earth if you win well then it's a whole other different scenario 
and this has been always the problem. Getting a, an accurate history of has always been difficult for people because there's very, that's why I'm actually writing the book I'm writing and have been writing and plan on putting out. But there's I don't have the whole story and I don't have it as the con, uh, there's not enough content. There's continuity things that I would wish I would do differently, but uh, I, I I I know I could spend more time on it, but I'm not going to. It's going to be read by very few people, but I think it'll have enough uh, links and archiving and assuming that those things are still around um, that people can decide what they want to do with it. I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it as uh, integrated as possible, but I'm not going to make it too much more about uh, numbers anymore because the numbers in regards to the vaccine or the analysis, I'm just going to show a few examples and I'm going to just move on from that. I want to just capture the, the historical uh, stuff that's kind of relevant to the time frame and, and let somebody else figure it out. Like I said, it'll never be complete because the story hasn't ended yet. But I've been pitching it for a long time and I just want, want people to know that it is coming. Um, I'm going to try to wrap this up in the next couple of days. I think that's about as much and as much as my and I have to move on to other things in my life. Um, for a host of reasons <clears throat> hopefully I can do it um, I'm, I'm suffering right now as well just as much as everybody else has I've suffered throughout this entire situation uh, but I mean and I've broken down recently about that um, because I feel betrayed by my by the US uh, you know military who I thought had more gumption and you find more and more that's coming out. Like today, there was an article on uh, James Mattis, and it was talking about his 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 uh, his false bravado, his uh, his his just double speak and just being a, a shitbag of a marine. But that that doesn't surprise me none. If you garner stars in the military now, it's all by political appointment. It's not based upon your actual deeds. In the United States, probably I can. I'm gonna. I I don't want to knock on the country. I knock on the military service members because I was in the military. I served. I was a veteran. I went through the Navy. It's not them, but it is the the missions that have been set up for them to fail, and and the people that were in charge of those missions have held to pay for those things. I'm talking about the Clintons and the Bushes and the Obamas and now the Biden and Trump. I can I can honestly say he, he didn't start anything new. He did a poor job of ramping down old conflicts, but then again, he was being hijacked there. When he did want to remove troops, he got he pushed back from Congress or he had a false reporting to him. So I don't think it would have made any difference. And for those out there that have got information, says, look at how many drone strikes, drone strikes he did during his administration. And see how he played uh, Yemen off of this and all this, the, the third world stuff. Uh, I call it third world stuff, but just say the coast of Africa through uh, the Middle East. It wouldn't have made any difference. The only thing they would have been willing to do for Trump is if he would have went over and said, I want to I <laughs> start another war, then they would have been giddy as hell to do that. That's the way the deep state operates. That's the way our, uh, these people maintain their position. They have to create new conflicts and new problems for all of us. It's not about 
the guy who happens to be sitting in the, occupying the office of a uh, chief executive. And that's what's reprehensible. I mean, you can't have a truly, you're not even supposed to have a federalized system the way we have it. That's why administration and getting rid of a, a whole host of D.C. Uh, sycophants is a, a well, well-earned uh, well for them. Breaking it into a thousand pieces is not, a, not even enough. Getting rid of all thousand pieces is probably more likely uh, the best outcome. But I'm a reasonable person, and I realize that that's probably never going to be the case. But again, can we get to that time frame? I don't know. I might not be here in two years. I mean, just saying, it's possible. I'm not previewing that, but I'm saying, you know, there's no telling, you know. None of us know where we're going to be two years from now. No one knew three years ago we'd be where we're at today. I mean, from this day, this day. On this date, back in 2019, I had no idea we would be in this predicament. I really didn't. I didn't. I didn't think it would get this bad. I didn't think we'd be be run by. I didn't know that the amount of malevolence that was emanating out of D.C. and how much these people—they're so narcissistic and so hateful that they were hell bent on getting Trump. And I'm not just talking about the agency. I know behind the scenes there was a, a dark force in the Clintons and particularly Hillary that couldn't just had all her minions working for overtime at the FBI and the DOJ and all those advocates that were working hard to to just make it seem like they were doing something and trying to get any little little advantage on Trump. They were just trying to hijack him or undermine and undercut his executive authority while he was trying to run the country. I mean, as much as a president does. But a president can do all kinds of things and he can also do all things kind of, he can also not do very much at all. It's all dependent upon the people under him. And it goes back to leadership. Which well, I'll finish on this note, which goes back to the technocrats. All those people, that hundred thousand people I talked about, you know, all of them think that they should be president too. All of them think that they should rule the world. And they say, hmm. Well, if I can't get the title because I don't have enough class and I can't speak well and, and I, I have the, you know, the persona of a tree frog, well, I can certainly invent something that will be as destructive and more powerful than anything that, that a president can push a button or whatever. I can create a, a unified system that embeds inside of a person's body and can uh, amplify and destroy them at a moment's notice. Or I can create a system that... Uh, uh, can be turned on and off in order to track every person on the face of the earth. And there, therein, that becomes my handiwork, my good bidding for the entirety of my uh, thought process. And I think there are actually scientists that think that way, that they're not thinking about good. They're thinking about control and power. And, and, the, and they can get their name in a uh, book, they'll say, well, they've created this wonderful technology. It was just misused. Now, I don't think that that is it in many cases. I think the technology they created is exactly the way they wanted it to be used. And they probably encouraged it to be used that way. Uh, do I have absolute proof of that? No, I'll never get that. But uh, it certainly seems that that's been the case for the last, oh, 80 years or so that we've had 
scientists who, who have stuck their hands in the cookie jar a little bit too far to try to pull that last little, uh, pull that, uh, uh, that uh, ticket out that says, I'm the most powerful scientist in the world. Look at me. Let me look at me. Let me get my prizes and, uh, you know, Nobel or whatever, all these glorious labels and distinguished honors. Let me be the most powerful scientist in the world. And most of these people are just, you know, on the surface. If you looked at them, you just, they're detestable beings. I mean, really, you would find out that they don't have, if they, they, everything's a facade to them. And, 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 you know, they, they just despise people probably deep down. I mean, or they, they, they play the game for as long as they have to play it until they don't have to play it anymore. And then when they have the opportunity and they seize upon that opportunity, then they bring out their, their masterpiece, as they would call it. They'll say, here's, here's my contribution to humanity. Look at what I can do to them. This is for all the, all the guys who kick dirt in my face or, or rejected me on Saturday night or Friday night or whatever else. Because deep down inside, it's usually a lack of connection to humanity. That's the reason why they are this way. At least that's my psychological analysis of it. So on that note, I think I'm going to leave it there. It's going on 50 minutes of a broadcast. Hopefully some of it's actually, hopefully I didn't block it with my hand here. I hope not. I'm going to replay it real quick and see how it goes. So to those who get to listen to this, I bid you adieu.